Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, my loves. I'm Wyo Lee, and you're listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we have conversations about our sex lives in an effort to improve sex lives everywhere. And my guest on the podcast today is Steve. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Wyo. Thank you so much for having me. I've heard all your podcasts so far. I love the genuineness of it all, and I'm stoked to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. Will you, for our listeners' sake, just give us a little background on yourself, just kind of where you're from, a little about you, and then maybe segue into your sexual life? Yeah, sure. I'm from Canada. I was raised not religious at all. And this is actually a significant piece in my life recently. Someone very close to me has found Jesus, and we all think it's very weird. (laughs) And we're concerned about the harmful religious things to do with, like, what they think about gay people and what they think about gender roles in marriage and the man being dominant over the wife being submissive. And I lived my whole start of my life up until very recently, just kind of being blissfully ignorant to the religious harms in society and that kind of stuff. And now it's very acutely present and I'm I'm seeing how that can affect people's sex lives and all kinds of things and thinking about that a lot. My mom was very sex positive and like a super badass, independent, like bitch woman. Like she, she, she had her shit together and she didn't need no man basically. And, <laughs> okay. and, and, she, and I learned a lot about consent from her and she told me like how to ask 
I never force anybody into anything. So, but very sex positive. And at a young age, she told me about sex and that it's something nice to do between people who love each other. So mm-hmm. I never really had a bad memory about sex from where I learned about it from my mom kind of thing. It was, it was more from everybody else. I expected everybody else to have shame around it. And I sort of took some of that on myself. Mm -hmm. But ever since I learned about sex, I thought it sounded like something awesome that could be pleasurable between people who love each other. And I wanted to do it for myself too. Yeah. We were communicating a little bit before this and you told me that you were really excited for sex ed when it was time at school. And I, I love that you said that because I felt the same way. I was like, I know a little bit and now I'm going to learn more. And it was so disappointing to me to be actually in school and not get any juicy details. What was your experience like? I felt like I didn't learn anything new in sex ed, but the sort of being in a group setting with my classmates and girls. And it was just very, like, I was all excited. I was like turned on basically by the topic and the people around me. And I felt very like self-conscious about the way I was feeling about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't like my, like I had that education from my mom sort of beforehand. So yeah, my experience was like, I felt guilty or weird or self-conscious about liking talking about sex. Totally. And, and yeah. Will you tell me a little bit about some of your early experiences with sex and uh, perhaps porno magazines? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so the porno magazine story is I, my first job, I was working at a gas station in high school and um, the porno mag rack was just right there behind the desk and I knew I wasn't on camera. So I got the idea eventually to start stealing them. And I totally just would like tuck a magazine down my pants and pull my shirt over it when I was leaving. <laughs> and I'd, I'd ride my bike home and, and store them under my mattress. And I eventually collected like maybe 20 porno mags. And like I used them a lot to masturbate with. This was sort of maybe concurrent with when the internet was allowing me to look at porn on the internet, but mm-hmm. I had to like stay up late and sneak into the family room to use the yeah. <laughs> computer to do that so yeah. that magazines were much easier. Yeah. There was there was one magazine that I remember using a lot. I wrote this to you. You're probably hoping I tell this part. <laughs> that was called like it was a Playboy magazine called Vixens and it was mm-hmm. all full of just like older women and maybe their 40s mm-hmm. and sort of even as like a young teenager, I remember using that one a lot and being turned on by these older women who were seemingly more powerful or confident or uh, I don't know, like Vixens, I guess. Yeah. I love, I love the idea of a high school age boy, like being like, yeah, older women. Yes, please. Cause I think, <laughs> I think so often we experience the opposite. And I also just want to say like, side note, it's so much easier for boys to steal stuff in their baggy pants. Like girls, you can't shop with pants. I, can't put, I could never fit a magazine in my pants or leggings. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't call right. that, I, don't call that yeah. I, I guess that's a choice of clothing. Yeah. I love that. And then 
Will you please just share about what happened with the porno magazines? Oh, yeah. This is my favorite part of the story. I can't stop thinking about it. So, like, I was was using them all the time to masturbate. And, like, I don't know exactly why, shame or guilt or whatever. Eventually, I think I decided I'm going to turn over a new leaf and get rid of them, I guess. And I threw them in my backpack and rode my bike to, like, this little alleyway nearby my house. And I just left them in a stack sitting there. And I fully remember thinking like, oh, I hope someone just like me finds these and gets some good use out of them. <laughs> and and I just rode my bike away feeling good. Like, oh yeah, like I'm not going to be doing this thing anymore. So I guess I did have some shame or guilt surrounding it. But uh, the very next day I was like, why did I do that? And I went <laughs> to, go, to go see if they were still there and take them back. And they were gone already. So it was they were gone. <laughs> so if you're out there listening and you ever happen to find a stack of porno magazines in an alleyway somewhere in Canada, please let us know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> who, know, that, you know who left them for you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would love to hear, because I haven't had the opportunity to ask too many dudes about their personal habits. Like, I would love to hear when you were using the magazines, like, where were you? Were you in the bathroom? Were you in your bedroom? Were people home? How do you masturbate? Like, which hand do you use? Do you have different styles? Like, just whatever you want to speak to. Okay. Well, back then, and probably still now, I usually almost always masturbate in my bed, in my bedroom. That's not true. I'll masturbate anywhere. I'll masturbate in public washrooms, at school, or at my job, or like... What's the weirdest place you've ever masturbated? Uh, or like the most, like, I don't know, exotic or... Risky or exotic, yeah. yeah. Well, I've masturbated in my car while I'm driving on long road trips. I've done that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's the time. It's fun, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I feel like for me, it's always like three or four hours. And I was on a 10 hour road trip just by myself on my way to a film set. And I was like three or four hours in and I just started feeling horny. And I was like, I wonder if anyone can see me. Mm -hmm. I remember like speeding past some cars and then like, Wondering if the giant semi-trucks could see anything. Okay, but dude question, what do you do when you ejaculate? Like, where do you, what do you do? Does it go in your pants? Do you clean it up? Do you have a Kleenex? Um, Leave it? I feel like it's that's... In the car, hopefully I have a Kleenex. I mean, I've also been in situations where I just like had to leave it yeah. in there clean and it's kind it. of a mess, clean up the <laughs> Okay. But honestly, usually... Most of the time in my room, I'll just use like a piece of dirty laundry and throw yeah. it back. I mean, I mean, you're going to wash it anyway. So Exactly. It's like sheets. Yeah. Um, okay. But I interrupted because you were talking about, so being in, in your bed oftentimes and, but. You, but oh, my technique. Yeah. Okay. So I pretty much always use my right hand. I hear about people who are like, oh, your left hand feels like a stranger. I'm like, no, my left hand <laughs> doesn't know what it's doing <laughs> at all. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So, and I sometimes use lube, but that's very rare. I, f- I find that just like kind of makes a mess and it's all sticky after. I don't want to shower after every time totally. I masturbate. So I do it dry and I'm circumcised. So I don't have foreskin to like, you know, use it to masturbate. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I wrote this to you and I, I think I will share it just in the interest of information out there. Yeah. Like because of the way I masturbate, if I'm going for a while and like some pre-cum comes out, but I'm trying to keep it dry, the pre-cum makes like sticky friction. Yeah. And if I'm masturbating 
for a while, then it can like rub a sore spot, like rub a raw place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, it's a bummer. And maybe it's an indication I should jerk off less or something. How but many times real, real talk, that happens? <laughs> I love, I actually love that real talk. And I actually love talking about that because as a woman who has often given hand jobs, and I remember my first, I don't know, decade trying to do those, just being very confused because I'm like, how do men jerk off without that weird sticky in between? And like on those mm-hmm. days where I have really dry mouth or I just am out of saliva because you've been like hooking up for so long, it's like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you have the sticky issue as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, can we just take a tangent and talk about hand jobs like with partners for a second? Because like they could be bad, right? Or what's, right. what is the man's experience? I don't, I've never actually talked to a dude specifically about hand job details. Yeah, I'm like, just talking. What's the solution, or should we just skip to blowjob? I prefer blowjobs using hands because then everything's slippery. Right. Um, I think, like, I haven't really had very many good blowjobs or hand jobs to be honest. Like, I've had okay. way more that I can't finish from than I can. Yeah. And I don't blame my partners on having bad technique. It might just be me not getting off on that sensation. But I guess for me. Mm-hmm. the dry hand job if she can imitate the way that I do it good enough then maybe that's the best chance of me being able to get off and for blow jobs the wetter the better let it get all totally. soggy and that's awesome when you're jerking yourself off is that the way to say it when you're jerking Surely. yourself off yep. Great. How do you, do you squeeze more toward the end? Are you like, it's like, cause it's about head and do you, do you have like a pinching motion or like what? Cause I've seen different styles uh-huh. and I'm curious if you can put words to yours. Okay. I hold my hand like just as wide as like the head of my dick and mm-hmm. like the shaft of my dick is a little narrower. So mm-hmm. it, touches the head mostly and I don't do full strokes all the way up to the top and down to the bottom it's just mostly around the head and a little bit below okay. and I go pretty fast like mm-hmm. like I don't know how to explain no. like pretty fast I guess and hand wise I assume that your let's see how do I describe this so a podcast can understand it I assume your knuckles are like towards your balls like it just like you're like your hand is just going to lay regularly, right? You don't have a weird angle of your wrist or something like that. Like it's just mm. like the yeah. grabbing position. Yeah. It's like your whole, if you're standing up and holding a pop can or something upright, yeah. I guess, then you just grab it like that. Okay. And, and I mostly am touching it with like my pointer finger and my thumb and my other fingers sort of splay out. Ah, okay. So it's, so it's kind of like a loose at the top. It's like a looser, it's not like too grippy tight, like a vice. It's like, oh, that's, okay. I think this is important information for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Really but that's just me. I'm sure yeah. there's plenty, there's a million other ways to do it, right? Yeah. Have you ever, I have never explicitly asked a dude, hey, will you show me how you jerk off? Maybe with my master, he, we just, at some point he would just show me, like we just did all the things. But uh, have you ever had an explicit conversation with a partner about that? Um, maybe not in this amount of specific detail, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but like I've jerked off with my partner right there before because they weren't into having sex that night, but I was like, I'm fucking horny. So (laughs) will you sort of give me an assist here? And yeah, 
yeah, I could tell this story. It's kind of a, um, so it was with my ex after we had broken up, we're still really close friends and talk all the time. We're probably going to be friends forever. And Mm. we still have sexual attraction to circumstances sort of had us break up and that's for the better too. Anyway, um, we're broken up and I'm back in town and, uh, we have been having sex a lot lately. So she was kind of sore from too much sex yeah. very recently and didn't yeah. want to again. So I asked if I could masturbate beside her and like feel her up and we can make out while I'm doing it. So we did. And this time I got her to like use a bunch of her spit and I was using some of my spit too to like lube up my hand job. Yeah. And um, very early on when she was spitting on my dick, I like got this crazy idea. I was, I don't know, when you're in a heightened state of horniness, things turn you on that don't when you're totally. not so horny, right? I think it's a, I think it's actually like a really cool, interesting, creative state. That's been my experience, particularly the more wow. I explore kink. It's like a creative, because it, it literally is an act of creation. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So, so in my creative state, I was like, fuck, wouldn't that be hot if she spat in my mouth? And wow. that sounds gross, but it, I'm, I was like kind of nervous to say it to her because I thought she might be grossed out by it. Yeah. And I waited until like, very close to finishing and, I, and then I was like I just like said it I was like spit in my mouth and she's very sort of sexually submissive and she loves taking orders and mm-hmm. and, uh, and so she like snapped to order instantly and just like went over top of me I was laying on my back and she spat in my mouth and it was so hot that's what like kind of made me finish yeah amazing mm-hmm. I love that I love these stories. Okay. Yeah, she she wasn't grossed out by it either, so. Yeah, no, and, and that's, and it, and what I'm hearing in this story is explicit consent, and I think that's very sexy, and it's, and it not, and also, like, in a way that still is sexy, not like, oh, I would like to stop and have you sign a contract right now and get the, you know, but it's just like, do you want this? Yes, no, and then whatever answer is okay, so I just right. love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, will you talk a little bit about your early experiences with penetrative sex and partnered sex and just kind of what what that was like for you yeah sure um it took me until university to have penetrative sex and before it happened that was kind of a source of shame for me I was like I wanted to but it never happened Mm -hmm. like I think sometimes I might have stopped it in cases or the person I was with might have stopped it in cases and when it finally happened the gal was very forward with me. So it took pressure off of me. Anyway, um, we, I got asked out by her to the bar. We had a night of drinking at the bar and we got back to her friend's place. Um, and, um, we were, we were like just hanging out on her friend's bed and she like sort of flirtily said to me, like, oh, you better not be expecting sex tonight kind of thing. But mm-hmm. like I, there was chemistry and I thought that I was expecting something. Yeah. And, and, and eventually we got shown into another room where we could sleep. There were two couches. And as soon as we were left alone, like I went over and started making out with her and um, advancing it and she wasn't stopping it. And it was like very passionate and lustful. And like I got her pants down and had my pants down. We didn't undress any further. And we were like on a futon couch. Yes. 
<laughs> like a metal rickety one. I'm I'm laughing because I almost lost my virginity on a futon couch, and then you okay. were like, "Never mind." <laughs> I love the futon couch. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I like this is my first time, and I had wanted to do for so long, and it just felt so good. Like I don't know, I could. I, I remember this, the sensation of the first time, like I put my dick into a vagina was just like overwhelming. I was like, it's so warm and so moist <laughs> and I can like feel it all the way around from the top to the bottom. And it was just like mind blowing. And, um, I, so we start having sex and it like quickly, I start going like harder and faster. And now the futon is squeaking and, <laughs> and, um, we were probably only having sex for like a minute and I can tell she's into it and I'm loving it. And then the friend comes in the room, flips on the lights and is like, no having sex on my couch and kind of slams the door. And that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> wow. Um, mm-hmm. But then we got kicked out and we, uh, yeah, we like pulled our pants up and went off the property. And anyway, I actually contracted chlamydia the first time I ever had sex with this person so and how did that affect you what did you do uh, yeah I was asymptomatic and I didn't even know for like the first I don't know I guess it was over a year I had already I had already no I think it was a couple years I was asymptomatic and I gave it to my next girlfriend and she, she was kind of asymptomatic too and then eventually I was tested because that's just what you do and yep. found out, got treated, had to tell those people they were treated. And like, uh, I also just love that you mentioned that it was asymptomatic because I think oftentimes we hear these major horror stories. How did it affect you in the sense of once you found out, did it induce any shame and were there any issues with your current girlfriend or what happened there? Yeah, it was big time shame. And like, while I was being treated and having to tell people it was so stressful. But luckily, everybody involved was super cool. Nobody got mad at me. And nobody had further serious problems. And about the asymptomatic, like, in hindsight, there were symptoms, but it was mild enough that you just didn't think much of it. Like there was minor discharge and it mm-hmm. smelled bad. And like, it honestly threw a wrench into, so when I gave it to my girlfriend, we were dating for a long time and it made her parts smell bad. And it made, yeah. and it made me like not want to go down on her that much. And this was early on in my sexual life. So I didn't know that it shouldn't yes. smell that bad. And, yes. and so that threw a big wrench in because she's like, go down on me. And I'm like, Oh, I don't like it that much. It was horrible. And, um, yeah. That's a really good point. I have taken the antibiotics for chlamydia once because I slept with a couple and they had contracted it from someone else. So even though I wasn't showing symptoms, I was about to leave for a trip and they were like, I got actually just a text message notification from the pharmacy that was like, your prescription is ready. And I was like, what prescription? And they're like, it's for whatever the name of the, the antibiotic was. And I was like, for mm-hmm. what? And they're like, oh, it's from this person's doctor prescribed it to you. And I was like, 
oh. And so I never got the conversation around it. But the, the thing that tipped them off, the reason that she went to the gynecologist is her, they had been partners for a long time and her boyfriend was like, hey, you, you smell and taste different. So let's check uh, that out. And so that's, I'm just glad that you brought that up because that is, that's something that I tell long-term partners. I was like, if I ever smell funny, let me know. Cause mm-hmm. it also can be bacterial infections, other types of bacterial infections. So. Right. So, okay. Have you had any STDs since? Anything crazy since? Nope. Nope. It's Nothing since. Yep. yep. That's good. Those are, conversations are so awkward. I had to do, I had to do one of the ones that I was like, hello. Oh, I wish I could say his name. I can't. Uh, so I would like to hear, oh wait, did you tell me about puking girl? Am I forgetting stuff? It's just a quick story. We were both very drunk at an outdoor party and like went away from the campfire, started making out. Then she like got on her knees and started giving me a blowjob a couple of minutes into it. She just turns to the side and pukes and <laughs> <laughs> like that was, that was the end of that. <laughs> was she deep throating you and like a gag puked or was it just like drunk puking? Your Probably combo. Definitely. I'd say like the, the booze didn't help and the dick in the throat didn't help either. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I would like to hear a little bit about the, I would like to hear a little bit about the shape of your sex life's progression. Like where, so it sounds like you had sex and then had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. and what did you explore? What have you explored since? How old are you, by the way? Can you feel comfortable or give it range? Yeah. Yeah. I'm late twenties. Okay. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just, just for a frame of reference so we can, see right. where, where, what time frame these experiences fit into. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just give us, start the with, the, with the, the shape and, and some of your explorations because I know you have some very exciting parts that spread all the ways and you're exploring your kiki side right now, right? I am, yeah. So... Love to hear all um, of those things. Okay. I guess I'll start by saying my orientation is, I would say, heteroromantic, bisexual. And... So, like, I have no interest in a romantic relationship with guys at all, but I have sex with guys, and that's, like, super on the down low kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't tell anybody in my life about that except for, like, my close partners. Like, I've told my ex and the gal that I'm kind of seeing now. That makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. I've had, like, an equal number of partners, actually, of girls and guys. Mm almost to the number should i save my number if you want to i think okay. i mean i think numbers are not that big of a deal i agree I, maybe we'll just in the interest of not putting the number on a pedestal yeah not save that great so i had like a serious girlfriend we had regular sex and then i had another serious girlfriend after that and somewhere in the middle of that i was starting to explore hooking up with guys and i did that discreetly and privately by like using Craigslist when it mm. was a thing. <laughs> and yeah, and like I would sneak off in the middle of the night and meet them in a car or something like that or a hotel. And, um, and I still do that. Mm-hmm. And I still plan to do that kind of thing. Um, but wait, not via Craigslist anymore. Now you have apps. Yeah, now I have apps. Yeah, okay. Grindr. I use Grinder now. Great. And I I would love to hear just a little bit about what, like, when did you know you wanted to explore with men? And was there any, were there any emotions around that that might be worth sharing? Okay, sure. 
I think it started because for that time period, I was like super into watching Deep Throat porn. Mm. And it was only ever straight, like a guy and a girl. Yeah. And like I watched a lot of that. And I somehow in the middle of that, I guess, just got interested in basically like it looks like skillful and hard to do. And I don't know what switch flipped, but I was like, I want to try sucking a dick, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in there. And I, I did. I sought it out on Craigslist personals and found a guy to give a blowjob. But the emotions surrounding that were like pretty heavy shame. Like I, I still kind of want to keep it a secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like almost after every meeting that I've had with a guy, I like feel pretty shameful after, mm-hmm. like it kind of feels bad. And then I get over that and then I think about it again. And now it's like a sexy memory and it's a turn on. Yeah. But for some reason, right after it happens, I feel bad about it. Mm. But, but I've seen the pattern enough times that it's okay. I get over it. Yeah. In those moments, is there anything that you do to like take care of yourself or comfort yourself or anything? Or are you just like, oh, I know this will pass and it's something mm. I'm choosing to do? Or, um, I think I just know it will pass. Like, and honestly, thinking about it and jerking off helps because then it becomes a sexy erotic memory instead of a shameful one. <laughs> I actually love that. It's it's right. almost like healing with instant re not reparenting but it's like reliving it to sort of like turn it into a a healing thing as it passes as it passes through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you remember? Okay, so your first exploration was a blowjob, was giving a blowjob? That's right. And do yeah. you remember what you felt? Like, what did you, did he tell you what to do? Did you, did he know that it was your first time? Like, what, what were the circumstances? I don't think he knew it was my first time. And that's amazing. Because yeah. I'm always like, oh, no, 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 let me tell you everything. I don't know what I'm doing. Ah. <laughs> I, I fully admire people that are like, hey, I'm just, whatever. We'll see how this goes. Yeah. All my, all my interactions, sex with guys and all that has been completely interactional like there's no small talk there's no how was your day it's like we say and and it's it's usually like i top or i bottom or i'll give a blowjob or i'll receive a blowjob and there's very little reciprocation like every time i've maybe not every single time but the vast majority if i'm giving a blowjob that's what we do and part ways or vice versa mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. topping it's one or the other. So, so, and also it's like a meet in a car in an alley right. and don't get seen and get it over with and hop out of the car. So there's very little, and I, I kind of like it that way. I, it's kind of hot. It's a very yeah. specific thing, like it, but it sounds like you're looking for that specific thing or you know what you're getting into. It's not like yeah. you're on different pages. No, that's, that's what it is. We're meeting to fool around. Um, yeah. Um, so what about sex with men? What was that like for you? Or do you prefer one thing or the other? And then also, do you play around with butt stuff with chicks too? Um, yeah, sex with men. So like, I enjoy topping guys, but it's kind of the same as 
ha- having sex with a girl because yeah. I'm doing the penetrating. Yep. And like I I do that sometimes with guys, but that's not any like the the new excitingness of bottoming a guy that's like transgressive and taboo. And I, you know, like yeah. Um, and you sort of give up some control and some power, and that's hot. Yeah. So, so I like mostly being the more submissive side or the bottom yeah. with guys, just because that's the new exciting thing. Did it feel good to you right away? Do you use lube when you're bottoming as a man? Sorry, I have so many questions. When you're bottoming okay. as a man, do you and you orgasm? Do you also ejaculate? So when I'm bottoming as a man, I'm not going to orgasm. Okay. Oh, really? But does it feel good? Like it hits your prostate, right? Yeah, it feels good. But like, at least in my experience, it's more so the mental side that it's hot, that like I'm getting fucked kind of thing. Nice. And and it's just for me to go home and masturbate about later. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Um, and like it hurts and it feels good and like I always use lube and I and I always use a condom too for safety. Smart. And but stuff. So but as far as butt stuff and orgasming, mm-hmm. like I will sometimes ma- like play with myself while I'm masturbating. And when I have something in my ass and I have an orgasm, it's like a it's like another plane of orgasm yes like oh my god yes eyes watering and like legs feeling weak and that's like not i've never experienced anything like that without butt stuff involved so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. guys who don't you're missing out it's another level (laughs) (laughs) i love that yeah oh my god (sighs) lovers this episode is sponsored by blue chew We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Can you, you, tell you asked about butt stuff with girls a second ago. I could. Oh yes, I did. That. Yeah, I, right. yeah. Do you play around with butt stuff and girls, or do they ever stick a finger up your butt while you're penetrating them, or anything like that? 
Mm-hmm. Finger in the butt is semi-normal, um, but like I bought a strap-on before, mm. and it, it's like a it, it actually was for a guy to use to like double penetrate a girl, but it works just fine for a girl to peg a guy too. Cool. And I've only ever done that one time with my ex, and she did it in a good sport fashion. Yeah. She's the one that was like sexually submissive, so it's just like not her thing to be the penetrator, mm-hmm. and it felt good and I really enjoyed the experience except for that you could tell she wasn't so into it. So we just kind of oh, never did that anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. not her, not her thing. Hmm. I really liked, I only paid my master once, but I loved receiving the order. So it's interesting because what I'm noticing in my submissive state is like, I, it's not that I need everything to be done to me. It's just, I have to, I love getting the order. Like if I get told what to do, then I'm like, Yes. And then I, and then I become really, really active. So that's how I enjoyed it. But we had, it was, it was, I'm trying to think of what it's called. What it's not like a strap on. It's the thing that like it goes inside of my vagina. Okay. What is that called? Do you know? I don't know what it's called, but I totally know what you're saying. It's got like a big curve and then like the part that you're going to stick in him. Yeah. So it's just like harder to control because it's like, there's only so much I can like squeeze and move at the same time. And then, okay. you know, so that was my, I don't know. I, I didn't get to practice very much with that, but uh, maybe I do need to do more kegels or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never I had experience with that. Boy, sounds cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a note here about, about kegels and someone slowly working themselves on your dick. Will you please tell me what that means? Okay. So that, stories from my very first girlfriend like the first bunch of times we had sex for maybe a month or more like she never orgasmed and not for me trying you know I would try but it just wasn't happening it might have been a mental block and then eventually one time finally she kind of took the lead and was like just lay on your back and hold still and she just like kind of closed her eyes and started going like really slowly. Mm-hmm. And I guess she, she, like I found out she practiced his Kegel. So I guess she was kind of like doing that while sliding like slowly up and down. And uh, it was, it was super duper hot to just watch her get herself off and watch her orgasm build. And that was probably the first time I was present for a female orgasm ever. And it was, it was, it was super duper hot. That's awesome. She told me just to lay there still, but I think I like, because she's over top of me, not vertical like cowgirl, but like leaning forward kind of. So her face is near my face and her tits are like hanging. And I remember just putting my hands up and just like touching her tits on her nipples, like just gently. And while she's moving up and down slowly, she was getting that stimulation too. That's super hot. That is amazing. And I mean, like she, she taught me a thing. That's like a move that I do with girls now. I like instruct them to just go slow. And then I put my hands there and. I love that. Yeah. So are you, do you consider yourself a dom or will you talk a little bit about your kinky self or, or explorations? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I'm definitely a switch mm-hmm. uh, because I love getting fucked by a guy and totally control of and. <laughs> If I come across a girl who has a dominant side, I, you know what I did recently? A girl who I slept with a couple times 
one night was like, oh, how about next time I take the lead? And it was unfortunate because it came at the same time as I decided I really just wasn't that into her at all anymore. Right. And it wasn't because of that. But I almost wanted to go for it anyway to experience a girl who was dominant, but I yeah. never have. Okay. I think I would like it, but yeah. also it, that interaction kind of stressed me out a little. Like I was super unsure about how it would feel to be yeah. dominated by a girl. Yeah. But I think I also really enjoy doming. Like um, what I have with my ex, she's very submissive and we phone sex all the time. So it's mostly just the verbal side of things. Mm -hmm. And like, that's really fun to, to do phone sex like that. How do you start it off usually? Or like, what do you have any examples for people that may be newer to phone sex? Sure. Um, I have a specific story that we did recently. So I've had a lot of Snapchat sex and oh. phone sex. So sending snaps and snap videos is great, but talking on the phone is great and texting is great. Like whatever you want to try, all of those methods can be super duper hot. Um, and combos of them also. Like if when you're, you're yeah. Phone. Okay. When you're sending videos, is it like, of your naked self doing stuff to yourself or like what do you like I've never done that and I'm just like you haven't okay. no I don't know okay. like <laughs> someone told me and I've, I've sent videos to my master but like ones that don't disappear so we'll see if they show up in the world someday but uh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so like at the start of snap sex I'll take a video of myself like undressing like pulling up my shirt showing my body like teasing a little bit undressing slowly she'll send the same kind of things back and in the middle of it it'll probably be a video of just like me masturbating or like i'll tell her specifically what i want to see and she'll take specific pictures close-ups or whatever um and or you can like film yourself finishing so you get the sh show or whatever. I love that. Uh -huh. um, the specific story though that we had recently was like, I gave my ex a, uh, like a literotica story to read. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, so read this and then we'll talk about it in phone sex. And she was, and when I messaged her later, like, have you read it yet? She was like, no, I haven't. And then, I was like, uh, how, how did we get into it? I was like, oh, you're not, oh, that's what it was. I was like, oh, you're not done your homework. You're going to receive a bad grade. And then this was like the first time I've ever had a role play scenario. Mm -hmm. And it turned into like, I was the professor who was going to be grading her homework and she was my student. Mm -hmm. And we totally played it out all the way. And like, um, I told her, like we're doing phone sex. I'm on the phone. So I was instructing him like, okay, get out of your bed and get on your knees and like hold your vibrator in front of you and close your eyes and imagine it's my dick. And, uh, was, was telling her that like, if she doesn't do this, she's going to get expelled and all this stuff. And <laughs> it was, it was hot and it was fun. That's awesome. I mm -hmm. love that. I mm -hmm. love, I love hearing about people with their partners who aren't necessarily in the same space. Like I just fucking, I, I love that. It also it's, sounds like you like to take time with sex. Like it's not about getting to the orgasm, which that, yeah. Does that feel accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I'd say 
sometimes it's definitely about getting to the orgasm. You know, it's yeah. not always take time, but I definitely totally. love taking time. And, and this phone sex stuff gives space for that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. I just want to, I want, I'm looking at your list again because there's so much okay. good stuff and I love the detail in your stories. Um, tell me about getting a facial. Okay. Um, so this was early on in my exploring with guys. Um, it was a guy that had a hotel nearby. So I went to meet him in his hotel. And when I got in there, I think he was just like laying on the bed. And I got in, I don't think any words were said. I just like crawled on the bed and started giving him a blowjob. And then um, I don't remember if this was my first time having sex with a guy. It, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what my first time having sex with a guy was. But anyway, um, after giving him a blowjob for a while, I like climbed on and started, like he started, well, I was like, very this is how i always have to bottom i start very super duper slow yeah and like i control the moving mm -hmm. and i have to be able to relax for it to start to feel good mm -hmm. so i started i started on top and just like had my hands on his chest kind of and was like slowly lowering down yeah um and then we like did it like that for a while and then i think we flipped over and he did it like doggy and then he like wasn't going that hard this must not have been my first time because we had some pretty good sex for a while uh -huh, uh -huh. but uh he was doing a doggy and then like I wanted him to go really hard and I know that I can go hard when I'm on the edge of standing and like the person's bent over the edge of the bed mm -hmm. I can get some good leverage and kind of go at it so yeah. I I wanted to go get into that position and we did that for a while and he was going for a while like that pretty hard but I was sort of getting sore like I needed to stop yeah. soon yeah, so, yeah. I, so I was like oh I want you to get close to finishing and then come on my face and mm -hmm. that this is the only time I've ever had a facial like that and like he had a pretty big load and he like came all over my face and in my mouth and that was that, that was the first and I think the only time I've ever had a facial and it was like it was hot. It's super hot to get a facial. And I, I agree. And I think it's important to communicate about, like in this instance, you asked for it. Like he knew it was required. How do you think you would feel if a, if someone was just like not saying anything and just like, boom, surprised you? Mm. Honestly, I'd be fine with it because <laughs> <laughs> what I'm, I'm what smiling, I'm, <laughs> I'm smiling and laughing because the expression on your face is great. <laughs> It was so thoughtful. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were probably hoping or maybe expecting that like, oh, you would get it from a guy that a guy doesn't want to be cummed on at random. So why would you guys do that to girls all the time? Is that where you were coming from a little I, bit? I think that is the general expectation. And mm -hmm. um, I, I also just am curious and I think it's interesting to know different people's preferences mm -hmm. because I also think you know for myself uh at this point in my life I pretty much only am having sex with people where I'm like yeah do what you want to do let's have fun but yeah in previous 
years, I was having partners where I'm like, well, I don't like him enough to, to let him do that. But it's because mm-hmm. I had, I was in a different paradigm and I do feel like I've shifted a bit. Right. Um, so yeah, so I guess I'm just curious cause I'm sort of like, like I'm at a place now where I'm like, do what you want to do. Like I'll call red if I need to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the, the flip side, I would never come in a girl's mouth or on her face without discussing it first. Like, I, I don't think that we should, particularly in this day and age as we're like practicing kind of finding that, I guess, balance or, or quality or just, yeah, communicating about that I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just interesting to hear, you know, to hear about dudes with dudes too, because mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like knowing yeah. the details. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. Uh, will you please talk about your fake sleeping girlfriend? Okay. So this time we were taking MDMA. So I don't know if you've ever done that, but it, for what it does for me is makes me super horny. Okay. <laughs> I haven't because I'm not, I don't know how to, you know how in elementary school they're like, don't do drugs. When people offer you drugs, don't do them. No one has offered me drugs. Like I'm not, oh. like I'm not a person that can, you know how some people you have that friend that can like find things. I'm, I'm not that person. Okay. I'm like, where are they? Anyone? Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that made it super horny for me. I, I got to add about the MDMA, like, mm-hmm. For every high, you pay for it with a low, and MDMA is like the lowest low. I'm like depressed for a week after mm. taking MDMA for one night, Whoa. and it sucks. But it was fun during the time, and we were in bed, and she just was kind of, I think she was feeling super introverted and didn't really want to engage in sex, but we had like discussed this fantasy previously. So I was like, let's try this fantasy. If you're not feeling outgoing, do you want to just lay there and pretend to sleep? And I'll do what I want with you. And That's hot. I think I find hot. that very hot. Yeah, it was I hot. I love that. Yeah, like, I don't know. I started just by like very gently. I think I like got out of the bed and was like, okay, just pretend you're sleeping. And I like sneakily, it was very dark. You know, we couldn't really see much. So I like, sneakily got in and slowly started touching her body and feeling her up and then um like I don't know I probably like gently kissed her a little bit and like I I probably like put my dick in her mouth and opened it up and 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 like just took it all very slow and enjoyed her I, I think I went down on her for a while and then started having sex and I think she like woke up during sex. I don't think she laid there regular <laughs> while we had sex, but that, that was hot. Total sense to me. And I can recall in my own personal experience, plenty of times where I've felt so exhausted, but it's like, I just needed to be aroused and I needed someone mm-hmm. who would take their time with me. And that for me getting teased like that and like having air quotes, having to be not being allowed to move. And that is why I like getting tied down so much because it like, it makes me so turned on. And I, I love partners who have the patience to Mm. make me really, really want it. You know, Mm. that's one of my favorite things. Oh, I totally agree. Teasing be and like withholding makes it so much better when you get it. Oh my goodness. Yes. I wish we could just spread this message across the land because I think that's, I mean, that's led to some of the best sex in my own life. Um, and you have played around with tying up as well, right? Mm-hmm. 
one time only and yeah. it was super hot. I want to do it more, but it like, it takes time and effort to set that stuff up. Right. So, yeah. 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 I have yeah, one of I those like, uh, under the bed strap things. That's like Velcro. Do you know what I mean? It's like an X shape and you put it between your mattress, okay. your mattress, what is it called? And your box spring. Mm-hmm. And so then you just have the straps ready to go. And then I just tuck them in. Right. Although I did, I was in a really awkward situation once where I had a theater company do a play in my space. And so I was helping them move the bed and they took off the mattress and there were just like my bed cuffs there. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they were like college kids and they were chill, but the, the director and I just like died laughing. Like I was just oh, like yeah. bright red and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, now you know some stuff about me. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Um, Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at our list of prompts again and I see black guy, big dick. <laughs> <laughs> he had like a long, narrow dick uh-huh. and I somehow could like deep throat the dick all the way to the base. And that is not always I don't know. I think ah. I think I was really into deep throat porn at the time, so yeah. I was just like I wanted to do it badly, oh and my. like I was for sure gagging, but it was super hot, and I could do it for do you, a little while. I find that my body, my throat, like actually goes through phases where, like, some days I'm awesome at deep throating, and some days I'm like, wait, can I even do this anymore? Does that ever happen to you? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe, or maybe, because, or maybe it's just different cocks are different. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Like, I think you probably have to be in the right mood and relax. And maybe there is phases where it's like, today you're going to gag and tomorrow you're not. Yeah. Will you tell me a little bit about toy and face sitting? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I bought a toy that I didn't discuss buying with my ex ever. I just, I think I was looking up information about this kind of toy online before. And when I was out of town once, I like slipped into a sex shop and found the toy that I had been looking up online. So I bought it. And what the toy is, is like, it's like a 
stick widener or like a cock sheath kind of thing. So not an extender. I see. It's it goes around. Like, uh-huh. So it, it's got a hole on either end and you slide it over and like the head of my dick sticks out the end. Oh, cool. But it makes my shaft much wider and it yeah. has like a little rubber ring, like a ball ring. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it doesn't slide off. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you put and, lube on to get into it or how does it work? Oh yeah, definitely. It's like, it's, I don't know what the material is. It's like super malleable. Like you can bend mm-hmm. it in any direction and it's squishy. Mm-hmm. And the opening is like, it looks much narrower than you could fit your cock into, but it stretches around. Cool. And you definitely need a bunch of lube to get it on. Okay. And, um, you, yeah, I imagine you're hard when you're putting it on, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah. It wouldn't work. It'd be pushing a rope. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I got this toy because I don't know, when you watch porn, it's like, dicks are huge. And that's super hot to imagine like, shoving a giant dick, stretching out this girl, filling her up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because I have like a not giant dick I've never had that experience except getting to watch it on porn so yeah yeah I I figure this toy would give me that opportunity and it totally did and it's fucking so hot so when I bought the toy I was just like so excited about it that I like took a picture and I hadn't discussed this with my girlfriend at all yet I didn't tell her I was gonna buy it I didn't tell her I was looking into it but I just like took a picture of it on my dick while I was out of town and sent it to her and she was like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? And I was like, I'm going to fuck you with this when I get home. And it was just like, you know, it added to the buildup. Yeah. And I had this whole plan laid out in my mind how I was going to do it when I got home. And um, so we started out with a bunch of foreplay and then like I put the toy on and I got her to like, sit on my face in reverse cowgirl so she was looking down at my body and I told her to like look at the toy we, we only ever called it the toy the it's, toy, this is the toy. we have other toys but this is the, the toy, toy. Oh. Yeah. so I was like look at the toy and imagine how big it is and imagine it's you know you're gonna have to take that soon so she's like I'm eating her out and she's looking at it and eventually I tell her she can touch it I'm like, oh, I feel how big it is in your hand. And she couldn't even close her fingers around it because it's so thick now. And um, yeah, we we started using it with her on her back and I like went in very slow and it's just like super visually appealing to have a super wide dick and push it into a yeah. vagina and see it like- I feel like, yeah, like watching spread. that. Yeah, I would be into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd totally be into watching that, like on myself. Like I, I love seeing stuff like that. I just, right. I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so hot and it was like painful for her at first, which was also hot. I think we both enjoyed that aspect, except it wasn't too painful. So eventually it started to feel good. And like I got it all the way in and started going harder. And uh, eventually she wanted it doggy style, which you can go pretty hard in that position. And she like really wanted it hard. And she had like a very vocal orgasm that she hadn't ever had before, which was awesome. And we used it occasionally, maybe every couple weeks or months since then until we broke up. And it's, it's a great toy. It's a lot of fun to use. 
Here's a question I have that I want to ask more people. After a breakup, do you keep using the sex toys with other people? What What do you think is the appropriate etiquette? Because I'm not, uh, I'm not sure what to do about that. <laughs> right. I feel like, and I, I get this from Dan Savage. Can I give a plug to Dan Savage? I listen to him. Totally. Yeah. So, from the Savage Lovecast, Dan believes that if you have a hang up about using toys that previous partners have used, it's like, get the heck over that. You clean it and it's good as new. Love you know? it. And that's what I'm about. They're expensive. You're not going to throw out your hundreds of dollars right. of toys every time you get a new partner. Here's so. a question though. What if you happened to uh, end up keeping some of your ex's toys and they haven't come back to get them? Do you think that makes a difference? Oh, you're asking, you're asking for a friend? Or is I don't know. I'm, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, but also just like, how would I be like, hello, here's this giant butt plug I just happen to have lying around? Or I don't know. I, don't know. I, I guess there's nothing that's that personal. I'm just thinking about it. Like as a dude, how would you feel about a woman being like, here's my array of toys? Early on when my first girlfriend like showed me her dildo I was super thrown off and like intimidated and well it was bigger than my dick so I was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) right Um, oh yeah that creates a weird expectation that I didn't even think for sure and that was early on and that messed with me but I'm like way over that now it's it's all good toys are fun like I don't care if you had them before or used them with other guys uh cool it's all it's all good that's so cool um There's so many. Okay. On that note of like talking, have you ever, have you, have you ever been with a dude who's particularly small or just like if a man had a small penis, how should a partner talk about it? Or do you talk about it? Do you not talk about it? Like, what do you think as a dude? (laughs) Yeah, I have been with a guy who had a very small dick and it was a bad experience because he really didn't know what he was doing at all. I, mm. I don't think I would have a problem with a guy with a small dick just because of that. But yeah. this guy like, was super jackhammery style and like not smooth. Like, I don't know. It, it was just, it was just bad sex. Right. Right. For multiple reasons. But I have no problem with the guy with a small dick. If it's like so small that it can't even get, this this was the guy. It was pretty small. It, he like couldn't even really like basically penetrate my right. butt. Yeah, because my butt's like yeah like, geometry exactly. Yeah, and like that is that's okay with me. That's not a problem. We yeah. you would do other stuff, right? Yeah. And you you work with you work with it. So yeah. if that's the case, like you're gonna this was me with a guy. So I'm imagining giving advice to someone who's going to have a long-term partner. Yeah. A penis having person, which is not me. Or even just this, even just like a one, like if I met a dude and I was like, Hey, do you want to fuck? And then like, he had a very small penis. Should I address it? Should I not address it? Should I just be like, what do you like? Should I pretend like it's big? Like, I'm like what do you, what's the protocol? Um, good question. Like if it's so small that it can't penetrate you, I feel like, address it yeah bring in toys if you're at your place and you can and like give them a really great blowjob and if it's if it's just like on the smaller side yeah not really stimulating you enough then maybe 
don't bring it up right away. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think? Do you bring it I'm, up right away? I probably wouldn't explicitly be like, you have a small penis. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? But I probably would be like my current self. Cause I haven't, I don't know if I've been with someone. Let's see. I, I haven't really been with anyone like small enough that I couldn't feel things, but mm-hmm. I think my current self would be like, what do you like to do? What, you know, what, here's what I like to do. And then I probably mm-hmm. would steer them in the direction of things that were uh, like less penetrating. I'm not really sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would try to, I would probably like stumble through a conversation, honestly, because <laughs> I'm like practicing words now. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's great advice. I think that pretty much the catch all solution to any sex bedroom stuff is good communication right yeah you got to talk about it find out what they like find out how you're gonna make sex with that small dick work somehow yeah and like I'm never really thrown off when someone can't get it up or can't stay up or can't come like that doesn't bother me but as a dude does it bother you and actually you do you have any stories around that mm-hmm yeah um once was with this was the first time I was with a guy who like we both said we're very versed. So we decided we were going to switch and like we like he fucked me first and I couldn't get it up. And I think it, I don't know exactly why, but after like I couldn't get it up, he was trying to give me a hand job, a blow job. I couldn't get it up. I think it was because he wasn't too showered and like smelled of bad hygiene. And that was throwing me off. The turn off. Uh, I turn off. <laughs> yeah. um, and then another time I was with like a really hot girl and we had done like a weed edible, which also oh, yeah. didn't help the situation. But like I was so turned on and I wanted her so badly. And the <laughs> stress of it like made me not get a boner. And I was like, damn you, buddy. You betrayed yeah, me. I will say when I am high, especially if I'm very high, it's so hard for me to come and I if I'm like slightly buzzed great perfect but if I'm just like what's happening I'll get really horny and my body's like oh you just can't (laughs) orgasm yeah Yeah, I'm with you too much is too much that's for sure yeah (laughs) yeah and the third time was I was with my newest partner now and we're starting like a open relationship kind of thing which is going awesome but um we're kind of we've just had such open communication that like all of our kinks have come out and we're we're like cards are on the table before we're comfortable enough to be there maybe something like that so the the time that I couldn't get up with her was the first time I was telling her one of my past sex stories and this is something that I've really enjoyed doing with my ex and I think I'm going to want to do with all my future partners yeah but I was so nervous to tell her because like my ex only ever wanted to hear about me with guys, not with girls. Hmm. It make her too jealous. Oh and, yeah. And my current partner was like, no, I want to hear about you with girls, but yeah. I just have this past experience that it would make her jealous or upset. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just so stressed that I was going to ruin the mood or make her jealous or she wasn't going to like the story, but I like powered through and told the story. And I was like, so fucking nervous. I was like actually sweating like stress oh wedding, just oh while God. laying by her telling the story. And obviously all the stress hormones in your body after that point are not going to let your dick get hard. And I right. up after that and it was horrible. Wow. 
you have any experience with squirting or thoughts or feelings about it? I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do have a squirting story, a single one. It was with the girl that I mentioned earlier who wanted, she was like, next time, why don't you let me take the lead? And like, I only slept with her a few times and then I wasn't going to pursue more with her. Mm -hmm. But one of the times that I slept with her, um, I was like going pretty hard. I had her knees sort of pressed up into her armpits and was able to get pretty deep and go fast and hard. And while I was going, she would just started being like, like she was pretty vocal and moaning and stuff. But then she started being like, Oh fuck, I think I'm going to squirt. And I was like, Holy fuck. I didn't know that she could squirt. I didn't see this coming. I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. I think squirting is so hot. I was like, fuck, I hope I can make it happen. And I just like kept going and tried to go hard and, and she like squirted and it was all wet on the bed and it was so hot. I, I love squirting. If, if all my partners squirt, then that's super fun. That's amazing. Yeah. But no shame for girls who can't squirt. That's okay too. There's, there's probably, I've heard stories of people that are like, super putting squirting on a pedestal and now their partners are ashamed that they can't do it. Yeah, that's so silly. And I've heard yeah. I've heard shame around squirting in all directions and I just mm. it's crazy. Like your body your body just needs enough fluid to have comfortable sex. Like that's mm-hmm. that's all we need. Yeah. Um I would love to hear a little bit more about this open relationship and how it's working okay. for you guys. Okay. Well, I have come to realize that I want an open relationship because I've just learned a lot more about it lately. And looking back into my past, like even as a little kid, I remember thinking like, oh, once you get married, you're only ever going to get to sleep with that person for the rest of your life. I was like, that sounds like a bad deal. (laughs) Like maybe (laughs) commitment issues or that's what mainstream monogamy would say. But, But I think that new relationship energy is so exciting. And that's something that I don't want to have to live the rest of my life without right I do want a serious partner with commitment but I want to be able to have fun and have sex with other people and experience new relationship energy forever here here do you find that new relationship energy also fuels your I call it a rock partner or your primary Mm. partner I don't like the word primary personally but like I think person is my rock um do you find that it like like fuels it or I am too new at it to give an honest answer based on my experience, but that's what you hear, right? And I can totally see that happening. And I'm basing it on my experience of sharing sex stories with my partner and how much of a spark that gives it. I can only imagine that not past stories, but current stories are going to fire things up. So absolutely. I love that. I love that. I have this story about when me and the girl I'm seeing now are just kind of starting to figure out what this openness is for us, we're taking super baby steps. Like we're just dirty texting and phone sexing other people to start with. We haven't, we haven't started any other physical stuff with anyone, but what we wound up doing and it sort of happened coincidentally was we were, uh, I don't know how it started. I think she messaged me and was like, Hey, I'm phone sexing my guy on the side. And we started dirty texting too while that was happening. And then also my ex was like getting drunk at a party and I, she was snapping me and I, and I just was like, Hey, send me some boob pictures next time you have a bathroom break. So now we both are dirty texting other people. They don't know about it on the outside that we're telling each other about it as it happened. And, and then 
just because it was a, a sign she has another guy out of the blue who has been messaging her like a while back start firing up dirty texting out of the blue just right when we're doing this and another girl the squirting girl that i was hooking up with earlier she's also drinking and tries to booty call me so oh we have the two of us dirty texting each other with like other people texting us at the same time so there's six people dirty texting <laughs> at once and it was just it was wild it was like I think it was a sign that what we're doing is, is good for us. <laughs> You're on a path. It's a good omen, yeah. like the alchemist. If yeah. you read the alchemist, it's a good omen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you have any future fantasies that you'd like to share with us? Anything specific that you're like, you know, that's kind of in the immediate future or just something that you, I guess it doesn't have to be in the immediate future. Do you have any fantasies you'd like to share? Um, well... To do with the open relationship stuff, like, um, I guess, like, I, I do want to have a threesome one day. I would like to have a threesome with a partner of mine and a bi guy, or my, my current partner is also bi, so me and her and a bi girl, too. What like, about a foursome? Sure. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say baby steps in a threesome first. Smart, smart. Yeah, good. good Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I'd be into that. That's that's like a bucket list, sex goal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do have like a kind of extra dirty, specific fantasy that's just like a uh, and it when I'm not super fired up and horny in the mood, it sounds gross, but I know that it super turns me on when I am fired up and horny. I'm just gonna share it. Great. I think it would be hot if a guy came inside a girl and then I got to have sex with her right after. So I was like having sex with a pussy that's full of cum, basically. I think that's super hot. (laughs) I think that's super hot. And I just hope that the fantasy includes some sort of, I don't know, birth control or something or plant. (laughs) Or like, what if, what if, what if you had like really hippie parents and they're like, let us tell you about the night you were conceived. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, And I would also like to know if you could go back in time and give yourself any sexual advice, would you, and what would it be and how old, what age would you pick and what would you say? Mm -hmm. Um, My advice would be to be less shy and reserved and not afraid of rejection and to kind of go for it. But that said, like, I think the path I took was good and I don't know if I would want to change it, but I'd tell a younger teenage me to quit being such a pushover and go for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't have too much. I didn't have sex until after high school. And yeah. I wanted to so badly. Same. <laughs> uh, or maybe uh, I'm just going to add one thing. My advice to your younger self would be keep those magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, sure. I wish I had. So I would still. love to go back and look at those. And I, right. yeah, I, I think about that because I have a book that I want to go track down that I used to look at when I was little. And it wasn't oh, like, yeah. I don't know, but it was like, I, yeah, I'm going to find it. But it's very obscure. So. Right. Okay, and then lastly, would you like to ask me a question? Yes. So, okay, my question for you is, it's kind of complicated, 
but I'll just try to start to lay it out. We'll, we'll figure and, out the wording. <laughs> yeah, and, and get to the question later. Basically, in, sh- in short, so I think we can both agree that power play is really hot. We get off on a power difference in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, would you also agree that the sort of most obvious common power difference out there is that which exists between a man and a woman? usually with the man having power over the woman. And like, I don't think this is right. I don't think this way all the time, but I think that society does. And that's influenced by religion and biblical gender roles. Like the Bible Mm -hmm. says straight up, the husband is dominant over the wife who has to submit to him. Right. And that comes from Christianity and influences all of society. Yeah. And we see it in other cultures. Yeah. Right. So, so you're on board, right? The, that power well, dynamic exists. Okay. The power dynamic definitely exists. I don't know. I'm just pushing back slightly on that. I don't know if it's the most common. I would say in the public sense, yes. Okay. I would be so curious to know in those households, like if the people are fucking at all, what the actual dynamic in the bedroom is. Like that's the part of me that just, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Like, I, and again, traditionally, but traditionally with the traditional narrative, I agree that the traditional narrative includes males as dominant and females as submissive. And there's no room for anyone in between in the traditional narratives. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I'd add your, your funny little question about what happens behind the closed doors of these people who are living traditionally. Transgressive taboo things get eroticized, right? That's yeah. what gets people off so he's probably dressing in women's clothes and getting pegged by his religious conservative wife like because because it's so transgressive to them that it must be such a turn on to them that happens right either that or like not even with his wife because you're going to take the transgression one step further and step outside and do the really bad thing and then you know pray for forgiveness (laughs) right yeah true Not, Uh, not disrespecting religion here simply disrespecting dishonesty I don't like it when people's actions don't match their words. That's how I feel. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so if that power dynamic exists between a man and a woman, do you ever get off on like using it to fuel your sexy power play in the bedroom? Mm. If I'm understanding the question, um, like as a submissive, so I do identify as submissive, Uh but I also have experienced... Okay, I think I'm going to answer the question, but tell me if I don't. I identify as a submissive, but there have definitely been moments when I was with partners who I realized later that I was not that into them or didn't particularly respect them. And so I've, I have in the past been with partners that looking back, I was like, oh, I didn't respect them. And so what got me off in that moment was sort of like a test, like, can I orgasm with this person who I think is a little bit of a motherfucker? Or like, oh. can I orgasm if I, you know, and so I've done that in the past. Did you um, not respect these guys because they were like, they were being this stereotypical guy who thinks he is dominant over you and you didn't respect him for that reason? Yes. And oh. they were like out of tune. And mm. also I, I went through a phase where I was seeking hyper boundaried relationships. And so I was interested in fucking married dudes just so that they would stay out of my life. It, it's not a good plan. I don't recommend it. But, right. but I went through this phase because I was like, well, I need boundaries. I need built-in boundaries. And so there were two men in particular, not, not my master, but other relationships where 
they were okay. They weren't bad dudes, but I wouldn't have sex with them today because they were, Mm. they annoyed me. They bothered me. (laughs) And so I, in that case, I got off on the power dynamic of playing submissive and getting to receive submissive stuff. But I knew that I was in control. And that is, that is my experience as a submissive. Like I always do feel in control. Like even when I was with my master and I'm like, I'll do anything you say. I knew at the end of the day that it was, that it was only because of me that we were even fucking at right. all. I don't know. Right. You, you ultimately hold the power to stop it. Yeah. And I think I, it is that, that duality that I think I really enjoy because I love being with a man when he can hold space for me to allow me to let everything rest and to just follow orders. But for me, that doesn't work if he's just a fucked up asshole. <laughs> Mm-hmm. who doesn't respect me outside. So with, with my master, we would have this really intense dynamic, but then we would have aftercare and he would take care of me and he would show me respect and love in all these other ways. And so I think that, I don't know, with, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all. Okay. Um, I think that to flesh <laughs> the question out a little further, what I mean with that last part that yeah. I asked was like, do you like... Okay, so I, I role play this a little bit sometimes. Okay. And it, it gives me some internal turmoil because I, I role play like, oh, I'll call the girl a slut. And yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. And I'm into be like, being called a slut. Right. I loved getting called the worst names when my master was ass fucking me. Like there was something I was like, it's so dirty. And I was like, tell, uh, and yeah. so, like to the point where if he would get distracted or just be busy fucking me, I'd be like, call me names. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me how that's bad hot. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hot. And I love it. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that because it's like, it's hot. And it's not like a random dude off the street. You know, if some dude on the street is like, hey, slut, I'll be like, fuck off, asshole. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I, I do that often. Or I don't right. know, like, like random stuff like that. So I think it's right. contextual. I don't know. I don't think it's mm-hmm. problematic if there is consent, basically. Mm-hmm. That's my, right. I, I, I don't think so. But I, there, I think there's a lot of gray area because I think there can be situations where people are still learning about themselves. And, but I think that's also where we have to give ourselves space to grow. And I, that's kind of why I love hearing your stories about stuff that maybe doesn't make you feel great immediately after, but you know, you like, tr- it seems to me, not to put words in your mouth, but it seems to me that you trust in your own resilience to do this thing that is like ultimately a big turn on. So I get, I think that's kind of how I feel about, you know, being hit and being beaten. And I really enjoy all of that because I know ultimately that I'm doing it with a person that respects me and isn't going to actually harm me. And so then I get to enjoy the like primal, the primal feeling of receiving, which is biologically like feminine, you know, we receive the sperm. <laughs> so I don't know. To me, it makes... I don't know. It makes sense. But I also have never, I personally have never had an issue like asserting myself around dudes in the world, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. And I've, I've talked with people close to me about this question since I was thinking about asking it to you. Yeah. And I think what we came to a little bit is like playing it in the bedroom is okay. As long as outside the bedroom, you're not perpetuating it into society and yes. being a dick to women and whatnot so so for you and me if we're on a morally good plane everywhere else we can play it but if some guy's actually a womanizing asshole 
in his life and world, then playing it in the bedroom is just perpetuating yeah. the, the bad stuff too. Yeah. And then it's gross. And that's, I think that was the thing with these two married dudes that I was referencing where it's like, I didn't respect them because I could see that they really thought they were the hot shit. And I was like, Mm -hmm. no dude, like the only reason I'm fucking you is because I'm going through a thing. And this is Mm -hmm. not about you being awesome. It's about me like letting you fuck me because Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with other people right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So I, and I would, I would add a cautionary tale to women who like receiving and being very submissive and having a man play out the like dominant male stuff that, that they need to be very communicative to their male partners that this is for in the bedroom. I like this here. I don't like this out there. And you can't assume this for your future partners kind of thing. Like check yourself that this is for fun only. You can't Mm -hmm. use this to get girls out there. Like, like the notion yes. out there of old oh, chicks like to be treated like shit. That's how you. Nope. Like, nope. Yeah. Nagging is not a thing. Mm-hmm. And if you respond to it, I don't mean this in a joking way. Like if you find yourself turned on by nagging and bad boys and people that don't treat you right, please go find affordable therapy because it's not okay for people to treat you poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say with those two married men that I was referencing, they both, when I told them I was kinky, they were like, Oh, I want to do kinky stuff. And I was like, well, do you know anything about it? They're like, no, you could teach me. And I'm like, I'm submissive. I don't want to teach you. And <laughs> you know, you need to do the research. And neither of them wanted to do the research. So I'm like, all right, then you don't get to hit me or choke me or do it. Like we're going to have vanilla sex then, you mm-hmm. know, and you can feel, you can feel dominant. You can be on top. Great. You can doggy style <laughs> me. Great. Like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you don't get to, you don't get to hit me. We don't have a safe word. Like, no, fuck you. And so, because I think that's the other thing is I have spoken with many people who enjoy being dominated, but I think if it's not in an explicitly safe space, I don't mm-hmm. think it's okay. I think it gets, right. can be too scary, too fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're mm-hmm. not experienced, ugh, too scary. Mm-hmm. So stay safe, everybody. Right. Yeah. 